0: The Miami Heat stage a furious 13-0 comeback late in the 4th to stay unbeaten this preseason. I'll break it all down for you next. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Rimmel, the host of Locked on Heat, the longest running podcast covering your Miami Heat. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. And remember that every episode is always free and available wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you subscribe and follow to get the best coverage available. Down 12 with just over four minutes left in the game, Miami's young end of bench players refused to quit and they mounted a furious 13-0 comeback Capped off by Javante Smart, hits the basket and the and one for the go ahead basket, wrapping up a 104 103 win over division rival Charlotte Hornets and pushing Miami's record to 4-0 this preseason. Really exciting finish, and truth be told, I had given up on the game. But guys like Smart, Omer Seven, Michael Potter, and DJ Stewart never caved into the pressure and kept making clutch play after clutch play. Seven was big on the rebounding end. Had some big baskets, hit a free throw as well. Uh, just great defense from Marcus Garrett. Just everybody chipping in, finding a way to contribute. Phenomenal end to a, ga- a great game, really. Uh, you know, a, a decent game and that it's just a preseason one. But overall, really fun. The comeback was nice. Another interesting game for the Heat. Definitely a great in-game experience for the young players. But, and there has to be a but, I am just a little concerned with how excited we all are about this preseason. Look, I have been very optimistic about the Heat. I think they're going to be a fantastic team. I have no doubt that there's going to be a just they're going to be a successful team during the regular season, that they're built for the playoffs. They're built to challenge teams defensively. They're going to put up some points. We love the pace that we've seen from players, but at the same time, Let's not read too much into a win over the Hornets, too. Look, I don't want to be the person that plays everything down like this, but I do have to offer a sense of, well, look, guys, it's only a preseason game. The Hornets were missing Gordon Hayward. Uh, They were missing a few other players. Uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. Uh, I'm off the top of my head. I forget exactly who else. Oh, I'm sorry, Terry Rozier, uh, leading scorer for this team, Terry Rozier. So they were missing... Two key starters and a key rotational player in Ubre. At least the theory is that Oubre is not going to be starting for this group. And so Miami... Fielding all their starters with the exception of Jimmy Butler, yeah, Jimmy missed his second game of the preseason. Uh, he will, I mean, I think he's probably going to be playing on Thursday when the Heat have a rematch against the Atlanta Hawks for their fifth preseason game of the year, and then wrapping up the preseason on Friday with a home game against the Boston Celtics. Should be interesting to see exactly how things play out. I think Friday's game is likely to be one filled with mostly bench players going against whoever the Celtics have out on the floor. For the most part, however, look, Miami starters were in there. Interesting decision from Eric Spoelstra, not starting Tyler Hero after what we've seen from him earlier this season. When Jimmy missed that first game of the preseason, Tyler started. In this case, Caleb Martin got the starting edge here. Played 15 minutes. Not a great overall night till he showed flashes of effort and also pretty solid play. Not great, solid, and I think firmly establishing himself as a pretty key rotation player. Does this mean anything? Yes and no. It's the preseason, and I'll get the no out of the way first. It's the preseason. Miami's played games against teams that have been sitting out key players here and there. We're not going to get any real understanding of what this team is like we've seen this year in and year out it always happens the preseason either builds teams up or tears teams down you look at the los angeles lakers still even with all their injury issues and age issues and roster issues still a likely title contender why because they've got lebron james when you have a good player a fantastic great all-time player like lebron or anthony davis there's a good chance that you're going to find some way to be successful Maybe you'll struggle in the playoffs, but at least during the regular season, there's a good chance that you're going to find a way to turn things around. In Miami's case, they have the talent. I'm not too concerned about it, but this has been the flip side of it where they've been too good during the preseason. They're too fun, too inspirational. And so we're all kind of reading into this. Maybe it's just a matter of kind of getting carried away and saying, oh, 80-2-0 is a very likely possibility, but there are concerns. I, I do think that the Hornets... Represented a tough challenge for Miami uh, because early on, we started to see this kind of breakneck pace to both teams. And eventually, the Hornets were able to sustain that kind of pace a lot more consistency, consistently because they are a very young team that does like to push the pace. They have a number of players that can just go after it, go keep pushing the pace, running up and down the floor, grabbing rebounds, kicking ahead. A guy like Lamella Ball, certainly a, a solid player who likes to ignite the fast-break offense. In Miami's case, when Kyle Lowry got out of the game or wasn't initiating that offense, things slowed down a little bit. Uh, the ball stuck to some degree. I just don't know whether or not Miami is really going to be a fast-paced team for 82 games, and that's my concern. That was the big takeaway as far as I'm concerned for today's game. As fun as it was, on the positive end, Really, really great. But on the negative side, I wonder whether or not Miami might have been exposed a little bit as far as not necessarily being a team that's going to be able to continue to build that fast-paced offense for an 82-game regular season. On the plus side of things, and I do want to focus on that, it is great experience, like I said before. Having these young guys get on the floor— have the opportunity to challenge for something, to feel confident about themselves, to give them an opportunity to play in an NBA game, even if they're going to spend most of the time in Sioux Falls or if they're going to be you know, cut at some point or not really – have long NBA careers, this is a great experience for them. And it's going to build positive habits. And I've been pretty consistent in saying ever since the acquisition of Kyle Lowry that there is a positivity to this team, a a an attitude adjustment, a, a need for fresh young blood, chemistry, all these things that have been missing or were missing for most of last year. And I think we're going to start to see more and more of that build throughout the regular season too. So while the negative is that Miami is not necessarily going to be as electric, as fast-paced as they've been throughout most of the regular season, or the preseason, excuse me, there is good habits, good things being built here. And I think those are going to be able to carry through to some degree, even if they're not exactly as electric as they've been. I think we're going to see growth from key players. I think we're going to see Tyler Hero perform well. I think we're going to see Bam Adebayo continue to shine. Look, he had... A great game, in my opinion, 8 of 14 from the floor, 18 points, but just looking so confident. A, a much more diverse offensive repertoire than what we've seen from him. The mid-range looked good. A sky hook at one point. Just aggressive at going to the basket. Of course, a dunk. Of course, catching lobs from Kyle. That connection, that two-man game, very, very clearly established. He's going to have a fantastic season. I, I really do believe there's a good chance of him flirting with 20 points per game on over 50% shooting. I think that's realistic. I think that's a goal, and I think he's going to reach that. So we'll have to wait and see exactly how things play out. They ha- I do have other concerns about the team, and I'll address those in the next segment. But first, let me tell you a little bit about the good people over at Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts there at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents the days of losing because your opponent's players simply had more scheduled games to play in that week are over. Whether you prefer a redraft, keeper, or dynasty, game picks has you covered. Sleeper cracked the fantasy basketball code. If you play fantasy basketball, football, excuse me, if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love game picks. Download the Sleeper app today and start a league with your friends. You will not be disappointed. a couple more news and notes from today's game and just overall thoughts on the preseason in today's post-game press conference bam and a bio referring to the kennel as the uh backups there the uh the locker room because they've got a lot of dogs in the locker room uh, i'll address some of the smaller dogs the backups in the next segment because i think well they've been performing well, but there are concerns about whether or not they'll be able to sustain their level of play. But I also think it's worth bringing up or questioning who's going to start or who's going to get some kind of significant playing time. Who's going to be a regular rotation player? Because we know how Eric Spolster likes to tinker with lineups, not always as effectively, at least from the outsider's perspective. I think we have our pencil, our starters penciled in pretty clearly as far as Tucker out of bio, Larry Robinson, and that Jimmy Butler guy who I will be talking about in this segment. But aside from that, it looks like we're probably going to be getting some split time with Markeith Morris, Dwayne Dedman, Gabe Vincent, Tyler Hero, of course, Max Struess. And from that point forward, I'm not sure that anyone gets any kind of significant playing time. Micah Potter has potential, but he seems pretty clearly a G League candidate. I think Marcus Garrett and DJ Stewart for all their heroics tonight and the win over Charlotte, still likely to get most of their playing time in Sioux Falls as well. Ditto for Omar Yertsevin. I'm a believer in what Yurtseven could provide, although I think he clearly needs to bulk up a little bit. I think he needs to be able to get a little stronger, be a little bit more physical, to be a... More of a challenge on the defensive end in particular. Offensively, he's polished. He's got smooth touch, even though he looks a little slow-ish. Weird, because his movements to me seem deliberate, slow-paced, but effective. Maybe it's just a combination of size, or maybe it's just some natural inborn skill. Maybe it's just something he's perfected over the course of his short career. But either way, he's certainly effective out there offensively, but you'd like him to be explosive, a little more fast twitch, if you will. And I just don't know that he has that capacity necessarily at this point. But I know that Miami has always shown an ability to take players and kind of build up these parts of their body and help them explode a little bit more, be more just again, a little bit more fast twitch in their approach to the game. So hopefully that'll manifest at some point with your seven sometime soon. It's like Seven minutes of play, managed to pull down eight rebounds. I mean, it happens when you're seven feet tall. Uh, he can also shoot from the perimeter, although he has not been asked to do so at this point. Two of three from the field, four of six from the line. So solid, really solid overall night from him and a big part of that comeback at the end. So I just don't see him getting a lot of playing time. Vincent and Struess, I think, are going to get the bulk of the minutes as well as Tyler Hero, obviously. And then you're going to have to have some kind of combination of Morris or Deadman out there regularly? I'll answer that question in the next segment first. Uh, I do want to talk about Gabe Vincent because he's shown some promise here and there. Offensively, he struggled in his 17 minutes of play, but defensively, I think he continues to show a lot more tenacity that I think people are giving him credit for. He's somewhat undersized. There's no denying that. And he came in with a reputation as being a shooter, but he's been very tenacious in his defensive approach since last season. I think it started slowly building up at that point in time. I've talked about it before, but it's worth reiterating. And I think we're starting to see more and more evidence of him being not a stopper, but at least an earnest defender, a guy who will challenge you out in the perimeter, maybe force a turnover as well. So that's all very promising to have him come in and play that role in the meantime until Victor Oladipo, whom we still have no update about, perfects his timing and gets out there to the point where Miami and Vic himself feel comfortable being out on the floor a prolonged period of time. Now, we'll, we'll worry about Oladipo when he comes back and how he plays alongside a guy like Tyler Hero, but for now... We don't have to worry about that. Vincent is the guy who's going to be playing, sharing that floor out there with Tyler Hero in the second unit. It should work out. Uh, Are there questions about Jimmy Butler? Because he seems like he's missed a significant amount of time. I don't have any. I know we could probably delve into it a lot more deeply. Maybe there's something there. I think he's just a player who gets beat up a lot, who puts his body on the line regularly and has done so throughout his whole career. And while Lowry is older... And certainly shows no willingness to just stop taking charges. He's taken like his third charge of the preseason already. He's so fiery, so tempestuous. Man, that guy likes to argue, and I love it to see him out there just jawing at referees, never, never backing down, picking up a technical. In a preseason game over a meaningless play. And that was not the first time that he could have been hit with a tee either. He just, he does not quit. He does not give up. It's why you he disliked Kyle Lowry when he was with Toronto because he was just such a thorn in the side there. He was always a guy who was drawing fouls or throwing his head back there. Uh, and I will say, we've seen plays here and there throughout the NBA where we've seen players try to draw. The offensive, was drawing a foul, uh, you know, especially when they're shooting for the perimeter. James Harden can't lean into a player. Steph Curry can't lean into a player. We haven't seen that affect Miami to any kind of degree. I don't think maybe Goran Dragic was the most likely to kind of throw himself at a defender in the hopes of drawing a foul. I haven't seen it from Kyle. I haven't seen it from Tyler. I haven't seen it from anybody, certainly not from Jimmy and his limited amount of play there. Duncan was never going to get that call, so he never leaned into that kind of approach anyway, so it has not been an issue here. But oh, to go back to my original question, I don't have concerns about uh, Jimmy. Excuse me. I think it'll work out. I'm sure he'll be out on the floor on Thursday, and moreover, I think he'll play whenever he can during the regular season, and ultimately... I'm okay with it. You've got teams in Milwaukee, let's say, who are going to be dealing with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton playing a significant amount of basketball because they continued, not just going into the NBA Finals, but they played for Team USA as well. They didn't have the kind of break that of a Bam Adebayo or other players on that roster did. Devin Booker similarly in Phoenix. They, just, they were straight from the finals on a plane to Japan to join their teammates with Team USA. Obviously, they managed to go all the way to the gold medal game, and so they played more basketball than anybody else has in the NBA over the last few months. That could put some wear and tear there. We're seeing the situation play out differently in Brooklyn, where, of course, Kyrie Irving may miss half the games there, depending on the regulations in the state of New York. We'll see how it plays out in other places like Toronto, Who knows what's going to happen in Philadelphia with the Ben Simmons ordeal? Although, again, the latest indication is that he's taking a COVID test and he's going to rejoin the team at some point, whether he plays, whether he gets traded, whether or not they balk, whether or not they accept his trade request. Who knows what's going to happen there? That's a whole other situation. But in Miami, if Jimmy is able to play, he's going to play a significant amount of time. He's going to sit out games, and that's fine. And it may not ultimately matter. Maybe Miami flirts with, let's say, 45 to 47 wins. Under a 50-win season, which I think is very realistic for this team being as good as they are, that might still be enough for home court advantage because I think a lot of teams are going to be dealing with a lot of issues. As much as we'd like to all think that we've moved on past the pandemic and that COVID is not going to be a factor for the NBA this season, you're going to have guys testing positive. You're going to have guys you know, just have issues. Even if you're vaccinated, it's still a possibility that you'll test positive, even though you'll very likely experience reduced symptoms and you won't have long-term effects uh, from COVID, which is why you get the vaccine in the first place. Tyler Hero confirming in today's practice uh, that, the full, the team is fully vaccinated, so good news for them. No issues, no worries, no concerns. Although they're still going to be tested regularly, and again, there's still always a possibility of testing positive for COVID, whether it's a false negative test or whether or not you actually do have COVID nineteen, you're going to pause. You're, you're going to have some issues scattered throughout the season. That's just the very likely nature of this disease, this virus, and I think it's going to continue to impact. Teams all over the NBA, but uh, I do also have some slight concerns about Duncan Robinson because he has well, he struggled over the last few games, he's missed threes uh, in tonight's game, he missed threes last game, he went 0 for 6 uh, last game. Tonight, he finished 4 of 10 from the fields, 3 of 9 for 33 percent, 0 for 5 the previous game, uh, 5 of 11 the previous game. So, overall still shooting well this preseason. And I think that's the issue with Duncan is that he can afford to go 0 for 5, but then the following night he'll go 4 of 6 or 5 of 11 as he did uh, on October 7th versus the Houston Rockets. So you're going to have some games here and there where he's not going to shoot well and other games where he's going to pick up that slack. He's going to be an impactful player. I just think that's the nature of who Robinson is. I have been impressed by his defensive growth I think we're starting to see slow incremental growth I think he's going to be a reliable player defensively he's not going to be look I love I love the way Lowry and PJ Tucker both have just found a way to get in Duncan's ear and talk to him and push him I I think that's just what works with Duncan From what he's told me and what he's talked about regularly, what he's talked about in his own podcast, he's just a guy who kind of likes to be pushed. He likes to challenge himself. He, unfortunately, I mean, just from a psychological perspective, he probably thinks a lot more negatively than he has to, but that's just... That's just what drives him. That's what's gotten him to this point, where he is an NBA ready player, and that's just the way he approaches a game and life in general. I think he needs to be pushed that way. Not to say that he doesn't have confidence or does he? He doesn't know that he belongs at this level, but he also likes seeing, he likes focusing on the negative because that's what drives him. That's what pushes him. So I, I think, as bad a game as he might have in there, he'll find a way to bounce back. It'll find a way to continue growing as a player, as a defender, just as an overall. Player, an all around player that can fit in well with guys like Lowry, Butler, and Adebayo. I'll answer your questions about the Heat in the next segment, but first, a reminder that Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season, and Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile devices. Sign time today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. And don't forget to use that promo code locked Reminder, they can always reach me via email at lockedonheat@gmail.com at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskAlloHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and, as always, leave a review. Send those questions in. I always love hearing from my listeners about any kind of concerns they might have about the roster, about a game in particular, about a player that they see as a good fit for this team because I think there are – Still some questions about whether or not the roster is constructed for the long haul. But for now, let's focus on some smaller questions here, like this one that comes in from Bernie using that hashtag, #AskHelloHeat. Heat. Are you concerned that the Heat's second team won't be able to hold their own? It's a recurring theme for this segment because a few of these questions are about that second unit. I am not concerned. I think there's a good Hmm. How to phrase this. I think there is the possibility there of some nice balance. I think you're going to be led by the second unit by Tyler Hero. He seems like he is the player who's going to be most likely to step up as an offensive player, although he did struggle against the Charlotte Hornets. I'm not sure if that was just him... I don't know. I don't know if it was he he being targeted. I don't know if he was doing something differently there. Maybe just a bad game. 0 for 7 from three-point range. 3 of 15 overall. A bit of a struggle there. So uh, he's been tearing it up. He looks fantastic. And I think he's going to lead this second unit pretty effectively. But overall, you're going to have to have somebody else step up. And the question, Bernie, is that I think Victor Oladipo is certainly going to be the guy who can change all of that the most. I think you're going to struggle at times relying on Gabe Vincent or Max Struess or Deadmond or Morris or others to step up. But Oladipo seems likely to be, if not your most consistent player, the guy who's going to be able to provide the biggest boost, particularly defensively at this point, and raises the ceiling for this team pretty considerably. To me, he is the team's biggest X factor, and I write about that in an upcoming season preview I wrote for Forbes.com. Be on the lookout for that. I still have questions about Oladipo's fit or whether or not he's going to be able to bounce back to what degree he's going to be healthy or not, but overall, I'd say that he looks like he is poised to be a contributor, particularly on defense. And I think that's complimentary of a guy like Hero. I think he can put him out there for spot minutes alongside Tyler. He can play alongside that starter unit. He can get occasional starts too. I think he's going to be a nice addition to this team. So as far as the second unit is concerned, they're likely to hold their own. I, I don't have any kind of lingering concerns there. But Jason might have some concerns because he writes, how should I feel about Tyler? Because I'm very confused. Now, this comes after that 3 of 15 game. If you had asked about Tyler after the first three games of the preseason, there would be no confusion whatsoever because Tyler looked electric. He looked dominant. He looked like he was going to be a fantastic scorer. I think that's just the nature of the NBA in the preseason and a player that's still just 21 years old. He's still growing. He's still going to have bad games here and there. We've seen that sporadically throughout the NBA. I I don't have any kind of significant concerns or confusion about what Tyler's going to be. He's looking to finish at the rim uh, more effectively. I think his mid-range game has developed incrementally. I think we've started to see some significant growth there. We're going to see that three-point shot fall to some degree. I think if we had to have a yardstick for concern versus not concern about Tyler, especially from three-point line, I want him to shoot 38% or more. I want him to shoot five three-pointers a game at 38%. I think those are good numbers for him to hold up to. I don't know how likely that is in comparison to last year. In fact, I, I will look it up. Even, even as I'm talking about this right now, I will look up, up what Tyler's hero uh, Tyler's numbers were last year. Maybe they're comparable. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I think you know he, he, just, he looks like he can continued to burn teams from the perimeter. I think he's a guy who's who, who needs the ball in his hands. He's more comfortable pulling up off the dribble. He's not a uh, a catch and shoot type guy. Never has been in Kentucky. Never will be. Last year, look, he, you know, this was I guess I I pretty I played it pretty safely because he shot five and a half attempts per game last year in uh, thirty minutes of play, and that was between balancing fifteen starts and and fifty four total appearances. So, are those numbers going to increase? I don't believe they will. I I can't see why. I don't think he should be playing more than 30 minutes a game if Jimmy's available and healthy. And if other guys are stepping up and playing big minutes, 30 minutes seems pretty reasonable for a guy like Tyler. So I think he'll kind of hold tight. Look, even his rookie year when he was playing 27 minutes, uh, 27 and a half minutes per game, he still shot 5.4 attempts per game. So at this point in time, I'd like him to put up numbers similar to what he did as a rookie from three-point range, 5.4 attempts per game, shooting about 39%. Would I want him to shoot more? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's certainly within the realm of possibility, but I'm not going to expect him to become a laser sniper like Duncan Robinson. There's just a different game to Tyler than to Duncan. And I think that's mostly built around his ability to break down opponents, to use that dribble, to get within that mid range, to get that space, the soft area of a defense and find a little cushion there to break down a defense and get off his shot maximizing what athleticism he does have, uh, what limited size he has, and and being able to get past the defender. He still doesn't have that kind of elite-level burst but he's never really needed it. I don't think he's going to need it. It would be nice to have that in his bag, but man, we've seen guys like Bradley Beal been able to do that. You know, even being somewhat undersized or not necessarily known as an explosive athlete, I think you can still find a way to score, and I think Tyler's going to continue to thrive in that sense. Last question comes in from Philly Heat, a.k.a. Sean Rochester. Uh, What's your thoughts on Morris so far, Markeith Morris, that is, as a backup four versus a backup five, and his split, Spending time with Deadman, at least that's what I think Sean meant. Uh, you know, I do have concerns, man. I think uh, it's pretty obvious there that Mark Heath has been struggling somewhat, had his best game of the preseason for Miami with 11 points, I believe is what he finished with. Yeah, 11 points on five of eight shooting. And he's. Well, he's been mostly effective at the five. I think playing alongside Deadman is not an ideal fit because you've got two basic non-shooters out there that need to thrive in the painted area. And so, to me, he it seems like Morris would probably be a better fit at the five as your third string center because that's not just it's just not going to work alongside Dedman, who's been mostly effective in crashing the boards and being able to play off that way. At one point, we saw a botched lob, I think, from Mark Heath to Dwayne Dedman. Uh Not an ideal offensive play there. I don't know how much concern you can possibly have at this point because I don't think this is the final version of this roster, but I just don't think you also have any other options. You can't We don't know how the rotation is going to play out yet until we start to see Jimmy play closer to his 30 minutes per game. Right now, we saw Lowry play 26, Bam play 26, Duncan play 27, P.J. Tucker even play 23 minutes. We know that once the regular season kicks in, all those numbers are going to increase, and we're going to see 30-plus minutes per game for Jimmy Butler as well. How that influences whether or not Dwayne plays more minutes or Marquise plays more minutes, I'm sure Spolster is going to have some decisions to make. I think you can... Probably play Deadman a little bit more depending on matchups, and then you can play Markeef on some nights, depending on whether or not there's a small ball center out there with the opponent's second unit. That seems likely. I think that's just that's probably how Spo is going to play it Uh, because, again, while Markeef will take those shots from the perimeter, that's not the strength of his game. I think he's more effective as a roller to the basket, a guy who can catch the ball and create something in the painted area. Similarly to what Dwayne Dedman does, even though they're both different size players, I think Markeith is skilled enough, burly enough, strong enough to still create offense in the restricted area near the basket. Similarly to what Dwayne does on Dwayne, Dwayne's limited athleticism also concerns me. Uh, I've made this point before. I just, I, he's not really leaping. He's not an explosive leaper. He's got size, but at this point in his career, not going to be particularly explosive. Marquise Morris looks the shade slow too. I'm not sure if he's nursing an injury or if he just needs to continue to work on his conditioning. You know, he's past this point in the Miami Heat preseason camp. So you think that they'd probably be in good shape, but maybe he just needs to kind of slowly develop over the course of the regular season. We'll see how it all plays out. There are still questions. Two more games left in the preseason. I think that should provide some more clarity, especially on Thursday. We'll see a little bit more of Jimmy Butler. At least that's the expectation on my end. But again, make sure that you subscribe to the show, leave a review, send in questions via email at lockdownheat at gmail.com or using that hashtag on Twitter, Ask Hello Heat. You can always send me a direct message. Special thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting today's episode. And thanks to all of you for taking the time to make Lockdown Heat your first listen every day this is david armill signing off for now um.